You're listening to the MBSA podcast. I'm your host, Kirsty Moore. With me today is my professor for Busy 401, the communications course at Keenan Flagler, Dr. Mahan. Dr. Mahan is an accomplished woman. She received her PhD from the U- from UNC School of Media and Journalism, where she was a Roy H. Park Fellow. She earned her MS from NC State University and her BS from Butler University. Dr. Mahan began her career as the television reporter and received not one, but two National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Emmy Awards in 2014 and 2015. She worked for nearly 15 years in public relations with the UNC healthcare system before she began her academic career. She is also a new mom to the cutest baby boy. Welcome Dr. Mahan. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Kirstie, for having me. I really appreciate it. And what a what an intro. I was like, is that me? I know. You're so amazing. <laughs> I Aww. just hope that like when I am just like more through my career, like I can have such an amazing, like thick paragraph, just like you. Believe me, you will have that and more. I've seen your work. You are well on your way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So just like going through that whole like little opening, could you like take me through like these experiences and like which, just take me through it. Like which one was your favorite? (laughs) Like why did you get into television? I have so many questions. (laughs) <laughs> how does one get an wow. Emmy and, and hopefully it's hopefully I have answers well you know so the crazy thing and I, I'm jumping way forward to the Emmy thing is the Emmys came after TV you would think that I would have gotten the Emmys when I was in television yeah. but I got the Emmys when I was out of television which blows my mind but I'm grateful that I have them um but yeah we'll get to that story later um let's see I was obsessed growing up with hearing people's stories. And there was a reporter that I worked under in Washington, DC, who says that everyone has a story. And if you let people talk long enough, they'll share their story. And it is very, very true. Everyone has a story. And so I remember even in high school, I was so ambitious and I felt like I could do anything in the world. And so one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to be on the radio. I thought, this is a profession I can do in high school, mind you. Mm -hmm. So I called up the local radio station and this um, this was a public access radio station. And I said, I want to do the news. You don't have news. I want to just be able to read the news. And they were like, okay. So I would go into the station and I would like find stories out of the newspaper and I would just read them on the air. And I was like, I'm a reporter. So that really sparked my interest in reporting. It sparked my interest in being able to find and share and tell people stories. And then fast forward to college, I knew that I was on one of two paths throughout elementary school, throughout junior high school, throughout high school, I was very politically motivated. So I was always in student government, just running, running stuff. And in college, I was the same way. But then having that taste of journalism, I then also said, 
okay, I can either go journalism or I can go, uh, you know, politics, which way do I go? And I decided to go the journalism route. Mm -hmm. uh, and that then sort of started my, my path, my journey, if you will, um, into journalism and into this love of telling stories and, and sharing people's stories. And I really, really like to model myself in a sense after Oprah Winfrey at that time, right? So she had a show out of Baltimore, then oh, moved to cool. Chicago. She was hot. I was like, one day she's going to get old. I'm going to take over because she's going to discover me and all is going to be well with the world. <laughs> Oprah is still on TV to this day. And so, uh, yeah, it's taken a while <laughs> for her to retire. So at some point I decided to change careers. So that's, that's right in a nutshell. Um, that was sort of how my love for journalism came to be. I thought I was going to go into international reporting. I wanted to be a foreign correspondent. Um, I decided instead of uh, taking Spanish in, in high school, like everyone else did, I was like, you know, I've always been one to buck the system. I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm going to take French. So I took French should. and I wanted to so, say like, that again. Different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I said, exactly. as you should, be different. Yeah. Yeah, be different. Stand but out. as I look at it now, the smarter choice would have probably have been to take Spanish. Wait, but having said that? that, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be a, a, a foreign correspondent. That's what yeah. they were called at that time. And so, yeah, that started my career in journalism and yeah. It's, it was a great, it was a great, 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 great experience. It was a wonderful experience. And I think it really set me up nicely for what I'm doing today, because I think in a lot of ways, uh -huh. working with students uh, and teaching is still a lot about telling stories, right? So I'm telling stories about things that happened in my life, things that have happened along my journey uh, that I share and hopefully have an influence um, with students. I talked a lot just now. Well, you definitely influenced me for sure. Um, so oh, you figured out your like whole seems like at a young age. How did you like just know that you just have that feeling in you? Like, this is what I was meant to do. Like, this is what um, are you are you religious? Like, this is what God what would want me to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have definitely a, a, a spiritual foundation. I grew up in the church. Um, I won't say that I always knew. I think if you asked my mother, she would say, oh, she kind of flip-flopped a bit. But I will say, once I landed on journalism, I will say that stuck. And again, I really mm -hmm. struggled between journalism and politics because I was a political junkie. I'm a news junkie. I kind of laid off of it during the last four years because it was too much, <laughs> it's too but much. Uh, <laughs> way too much. Uh, but yeah, when it comes to news, like I, I, can't, I can't get enough of it. But did I, did I start out, you know, I used to want to be an OB. I used to want to deliver babies uh, until I found That's out about I the GYN aspect. Yeah, I found out about the GYN aspect of things and I was like, yeah, no, not so much anymore. Okay, I'm good. Uh, so I wanted to do that for a while. I wanted yeah. to be an artist. I thought I could draw, so I wanted to do that. But yeah, there was something about journalism that really sort of took hold of my spirit. And I said that this really 
fits me and it feels good. And yeah, I stuck with it and I'm glad that I did. I think it really helped. Uh, I think that a lot of people think that I'm an extrovert and I'm not necessarily. I think I am, I call myself an introvert with extrovert tendencies. Um, but That's being a reporter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, being a reporter forces you to step out of yourself. And because you're making cold calls, you are uh, coming on a scene of a fire or um, some sort of uh, crime scene, and you're having to ask people questions. What did you see? What do you know? You know, can, can we talk to you? And so it really forced me out of whatever shell I was in. And I think that that then helped me in my job as a, a public relations specialist, professional, and certainly has helped me in teaching, right? Standing or Zooming before a room full of students, knowing or thinking that students are probably judging you. Like, well, what does she really know? Uh, you have to step out of yourself uh, yeah. a lot of times for these, these moments. So how did you build that confidence? Honestly, I have to give that credit to my, my parents. My father's retired Air Force, and so I grew up in a, I like to say, military household. I don't say army brat. I hate that term. <laughs> I always say we are not brats, and my father was in the Air Force, so let's just be clear on those pieces first. Exactly. But I grew up in a military household, so it was, um, it was very structured, let's just say, very structured and I would say between my father and my mother, they really drilled confidence in my sister and myself that we could do anything, that we could be anything, that we should not set limits, right? It's the mm -hmm. world that sets limits on us. Um, and I think that's why I grew up uh, throughout high school sort of feeling like it, I could do anything. And I think it wasn't until I got to college that doubts began to creep in as I got more experience in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that unfortunately began to cloud my view of what I could and could not do, I think in some ways. But yeah, I have to credit my parents for really instilling uh, confidence in me and my sister and just this attitude of why can't you do it? Yeah. What's stopping you from doing it? Definitely. So with for students who don't have parents who are just instilling that in them from a young age, how can like I or like other students, I mean, my parents, they've instilled confidence in me, but it still takes me a sure. while. So how I'm can sure. we like continuously like build that as we like are presenting to other people and um, just giving different, um, if we're writing, how can we be confident in our writing? A lot of that's gonna come from reading, right? Reading lots of different things, whether it's news, whether it's literature, um, a lot of it comes from surrounding yourself of people that you wanna be like. I know you've heard that before, right? Mm -hmm. Birds of a feather, it really okay. is true. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and also, you know, if there are professors, if there are professional uh, people out there that you are interested, like you, there's something about them 
that you gravitate towards, then spend time with them, mm-hmm. right? Try to figure out what is that thing, talk to them, spend some time talking to people. I think, you know, I, I love social media and I think social media in a lot of ways has helped society, but I also think in a lot of ways it's harmed us because I do think that in a lot of ways we've lost that ability or that, uh, yeah, I'll say ability. We've lost that ability to just connect with each other one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was going through my PhD program, I think my husband was the first to say, you are good for calling and asking somebody to have some coffee or tea with you. Like that was my thing. If mm-hmm. you had information that I needed or wanted, or if I just wanted to just, you know, spend some time with someone, hey, let's go grab some coffee. Let's go grab some tea. You know, it for me, connecting with people in that way is how I learn, is how I grow. And so I would recommend that students um, can, you know, I know we're in a pandemic, but as much as you can, maybe even over Zoom. Um, I've done this with some, some students that I work with in the PhD program over at Hussman um, here at UNC. We sometimes meet over Zoom, right? And, mm-hmm. and we just sort of catch up that way. But I think it's important that you've got to connect with people. You've got to read, right? You begin to pick up traits from from those that you um, um, that you admire, and yeah. you know, watching videos and and you know those things that you normally are doing anyway. But but start to watch the people that you want to emulate, and uh, you'll begin to pick up things from them. Okay, so connecting with people that you want to like really be like that makes me think of like mentorship so what are your thoughts on mentorship and how can I be the best mentee Hmm, that's a good question there so my background again is public relations and so my lens through which I look at things is different coming into a business school environment. And I say that to say, in coming to this this business school, right? This is the only business school that I've worked at, but in coming into the business school environment, I've learned that there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship, Mm -hmm. right? The sponsorship is a lot richer uh, in in its return uh, for the person being sponsored. But to answer your question specifically about mentorship and being the best mentee, what I like to see of of the folks that I mentor is someone who's inquisitive, someone who is um, transparent, right? Because as a mentor, and I hope other mentors are, are similar in this thinking that I want to be as transparent as I can. Everything that I know, I want to share, right? Like, I don't believe in this, I had to struggle and pull myself by the bootstraps, so you do too. Like, that's just not my philosophy. I'm like, I struggled. Why should you have to struggle? Like, I don't even see where that makes sense in my mind to make you struggle. I have the answer. I'm going to withhold it from you just so I can see you struggle. Like that just <sighs> infuriates me. Yeah. So being, um, so, so 
it's important that you find the right mentor first and foremost. And then once you do, right, having that transparent relationship, I think is really, really important uh, to keep in mind because as a mentor, I learn from my mentees still, right? So it's not just this give, give, give. It is a give and take um, mm -hmm. between the mentor and the mentee. So yeah, being inquisitive, being transparent, um, and just really um, trying to fine tune what it is that you want your relationship to look like. Because I don't, I wouldn't say that all of my mentor-mentee relationships look alike. They're different. Yeah. Because everybody has different needs and needs, um, yeah, something different from me or needs a different experience for me. I should say. Mm -hmm. So, did one of your mentors or the people you surrounded yourself with? Did they make you think, oh, I can get an Emmy? Like, how does one just like get an Emmy? And how does, like, what is the process of that? Like, I just. This is going to sound very weird, okay? But it really is the truth. I promise you it's the truth. So, when I was working at UNC Health, one of the things I was in charge with was uh, my loose title, I guess, was broadcast manager. And, and what that meant was because of my background as a television reporter, one of the skill sets that I brought to UNC Health was helping the organization tell its stories through video. And so, I really helped to launch their video program. And we began to tell stories of our nurses, our doctors, our patients. And we began to um, have uh, a series. And so I created a series called Real Doctors, Real People. And what I wanted to do with that was I wanted to show that doctors are real people, right? So in the OR or in the operating room, you see them with the mask and the scrubs doing all this thing, but then, on the weekends or when they leave their work, you might see them in certain attire and they're doing, um, you know, sort of uh, Bangra, Bangra dancing or, you know, they're doing skydiving. They're doing these things that you just don't associate with doctors, right? They're, you just have this certain image when you see a, a doctor. And so we began to tell those stories and then that began to evolve into another series called Real Nurses, Real People. and it just began to grow and grow. And so I got to a point in my career there that I said, I've sort of hit a wall. Mm -hmm. I've done all the media relations because I was also the national media relations manager. I've done all the media, media relations work that I can do, right? I can do this in my sleep. I loved what I did. I loved interfacing with the media because again, that was my background. Mm -hmm. I love telling stories through video but there's gotta be something else. And I felt like there was something else for me. I just didn't know what it was. And so I began to feel, and this sounds kind of strange, but you know how when you are on a plane and you are in the air and the pilot comes on and says, we're waiting for them to allow us to land. So we're just gonna sort of circle, right? Mm -hmm. We're gonna circle in the air. I got to a point in my career where I felt like I was just circling. I didn't quite know what else was in store for me. So I said to myself, okay, here's how you are gonna know, Stephanie, that it's time for you to leave UNC Health. As much as you love your job, 
this means this is going to be your sign that it's time for you to leave. You're going to win an Emmy. Wow. Oh so I was like, God. okay. Because I knew that, you know, like an Emmy, I was like, ah, that's kind of a long shot. Yeah. So that'll give me some time to figure out what I need to do. Uh, so that, that set out to be my goal, to do such good work and to enter into a competition that I knew was going to be tough. And so I won that first Emmy. So I felt this release like, okay, that means I should be now looking for something else to do. I have been given a release from, right, the gods or God, the universe, whatever you want to, whatever your belief system is, that it's okay for me to leave this position. That second Emmy was quite unexpected. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, I entered again, but, you know, it was like, yeah, let me just do this again because it's, you know, this is a darn good story and, you know, at least it'll get in front of some people. Yeah. And it won another Emmy. I was like, okay, yeah, I got I, this. It's time. It's time to move on to something else because it, it's been solidified that my work here is done. And I now need to move on to continue to expand my wings and, and to fly. That's amazing. Have they won any other Emmys or has, a, has UNC won any other Emmys after you've left or? I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say no, but I don't know that for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that for sure. I will say that their, their, um, their video game has stepped up, right? Because again, in healthcare, telling stories is very important. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I was so grateful in um, working at UNC Health, there were a lot of things I was grateful for because I was there almost 15 years, uh, was that they were committed to the storytelling, right? They were committed to telling stories and, and, and really sort of showcasing the work that's being done over there because it really is amazing work that the physicians and the it nurses is. and staff yes. are doing. Um, so their, their, their video game has stepped up quite a bit quite a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't win an Emmy, they probably have won some other phenomenal awards. Yeah, because we're an amazing school. So I, I wouldn't doubt it. That's right. Absolutely. But, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Mayhem. This has been an amazing conversation. And I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit more. And I feel like I our audience also has gotten to know you. Um, if Would it be okay if like if any anyone listening to this podcast were to reach out to you possibly absolutely yeah absolutely they certainly can I don't know if if um you know you'll provide you know my my email contact but absolutely without a doubt and if anybody wants to talk about having a baby during a pandemic we can talk about that too. I wish we had more time I, would I know I know it's okay I would have loved to hear that as well because that feels like that would be very difficult. It's a whole two-hour Oprah show, as I like to say. <laughs> well, maybe if you come on the podcast again, or we could just have a conversation as well. That Absolutely. would be great. We'll have some coffee. Yeah, nice little Zoom coffee chat. <laughs> yeah, love it. Well, thank you so much again. Thank um, you, Kirsty. Definitely tune in. I should be posting this next week. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. So, Bye. Thank you. Bye. Be well. You too.